0: Wenman show from beautiful Ibiza. I'm here with Solara Enra at her absolutely stunning and very serene retreat centre, Casa Solara. Did I say it right? Yes, you <laughs> oh, did. Good. So welcome Solara, thank, <laughs> thank you so, you so much, much for talking to me today. My
1: pleasure.
0: I'm 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 very pleased to be here. I just want to get a little bit of an idea about what what led you here and the work that you do here at, at the moment.
1: Well, Since I started channeling in 1998, I've had these guides that can be what other people would call bossy. (laughs) They're very directive when I ask, and I want a very specific guidance. And I had only been in Ibiza once before, 15 years before, on somebody else's yoga retreat when I was a therapist. And, um, I had an okay time, but we didn't explore the island much and I still had in my head that it was a clubbing place. This is the thing, particularly in England that it's most known for. So I would never have chosen to move from England to Ibiza, but at the time, four and a half years ago, I'd been traveling too much, channeling too much, teaching too much in that period between 2009 and 2013 and I had a real crush and the point at which I asked my guides about what I should do, um, it was an evening when I was really having a dark night of the soul, felt like killing myself and they guided me to treat myself as if I was a my own therapist, so I had to channel Solara the therapist, and the distressed Solara was the patient, and I had to ask Solara, so Solara, there are a lot of things you're not happy about at the moment in your life. What is the one thing that most needs to change?" And the answer came straight out of London. So I thought that's pretty easy. Um, that just means I have to move, but I'd moved back to London in order to spend more time with my children. So the therapist, Solara, said, so what are your priorities in moving? And what came out immediately was, one, more hippie and friendly. Two, more sunny and at the sea. Three, not too far from the children. So that meant Europe, somewhere where I could visit very easily. And I fell asleep, and when I woke up, the next morning it was a friend a friend who i'd been to ibiza with before on a yoga holiday and she said um i hadn't spoken to her for like two years i've always dreamed of retiring in ibiza and making a retreat center so she said ibiza and retreat in the same center sentence and within an hour three people said Ibiza and retreat in the same sentence (laughs) so I phoned my family and friends and said I'm moving to Ibiza I packed my car and I just moved so I didn't know anybody here I didn't speak Spanish I knew nothing about Ibiza Island but when I get something that clear I just act on it immediately this, and with my children, when I said to them, I'm moving to Ibiza, they were like, yes, I'm moving to Ibiza, like, we for holidays. <laughs> Absolutely, Amazing. and so it was a strange way that I came to the island, there was no forethought at all, it came through direct guidance, and now that I'm here, I realise exactly why my guides brought me here, because I can still teach, I can still transmit, and do the work that I'm meant to do, I can still act as a magnet for people coming together because with the retreat center it's not only the groups that come to learn with me, but groups that come for other teachers Mm. and this house acts in that way to attract exactly the right people into their communal aura um, at the same time. And at the same time, I can go into semi-retirement. What I was looking for when I came to Ibiza was less work Mm. and um, to be able to teach sometimes, but without having such a full-on life and to be a wisdom keeper without having to be a warrior of the light. So I went through this warrior of the light phase between um, 29 and 2013. And uh, no, more like um, 2012, actually, because at that point, my guide said, we're taking away your warrior of the light status because um, it's been too full on. And you've sometimes done things that were not asked of you by us um, in your effort to please everyone. And right now it's time for you to be a magic weaver. It's time for you to... To chill out, to look after yourself, to have some personal eating time, and to find a way of magically manifesting things without having to work so hard, mm. and that's exactly the phase that I'm in now. It is a lot of people find this how easy it is to manifest things now mm. because it sort of shifted
0: up a level, hasn't it? Because it got it's
1: I think amazing. A lot of people
0: felt that they were stuck. I mean, I mean, there were a couple of years there where a lot of people were just. And many people going through this with the ascension process, anyway, yeah. where you're just kind of either you're broken apart by a circumstance, or you know something in your life collapses, or your life collapses, yes. and you kind of go to ground, and then you feel like you just can't move forward. And I think that's really the universe sort of squeezing us and forcing us to go within, in a way, isn't it?
1: Over and over again, when people are in um, what they feel like a desperate situation and they ask for guidance, I don't do one on ones anymore, but I channel for people in group situations. Um, and there are just thousands of people who lose their job or leave their job, uh, lose their relationship or leave their partner. Um, through their will or something else they end up in a situation where they feel like they have nothing Mm. and they have no idea where to go. And my guides go, this is the void. The void is the birthing place. Without things being taken away from you, it's, it's more difficult to make really big changes, the changes that are needed. So for instance, on a rational level, while I was in London at that time, where I made the decision to come to Ibiza, I had it very firmly fixed in my head that I'd been traveling so much that I needed to be in London for my children and particularly my daughter, who at that time, I think I left home when she was 17. And I thought between the ages of 17 and 19, she just hadn't had me around for long enough, even though I got her over to Sedona and New York and places that I was teaching and she loved it, but I hadn't been there as a full time mother. So I had it very firmly fixed in my head. I need to be in London. And I couldn't see past that. And if I hadn't become very, 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 very lonely and depressed Mm. in London, I wouldn't have been at that crisis point where I realized I had to move. You had to move, yeah. Because at that stage, when I spoke it through with my daughter, I said, I know that I've been away a lot, and now I'm going away again. She said, I know you're really unhappy in London, Mum, and I just want you to be happy. (laughs) So, if you don't get... The way life normally works with these irritating lessons (laughs) Yeah, I know. Very annoying lessons is that it very often is the case that if we're not completely in trauma or desperation or it gets really bad, we can't make that breakthrough. If it's slightly comfortable, if there's a way of getting through by making compromises, we are not prepared to make the changes. This year, 2017, is the year where my guides are saying for when it comes to Ascension and actual shift, this year is the easiest year that we're having so far. Mm -hmm. This year is a year where you don't have to go through trauma in order to learn your lessons and you don't have to have life become very difficult. Or you might to change in a positive way because the energies that are hitting the earth now are more easily absorbed mm-hmm. and integrated by us. Um, and it's easier for the people that have been awake and awakening for a while to actually see through the shit. Yeah,
0: it's
1: easier for us to discern. What is right and wrong? What is light and dark? What is good for us and not good for us in our path? It comes more naturally with, with less difficulty. So this is, this is like.
0: Yes, finally. Hallelujah! Oh no, finally, <laughs> they're getting what we're here to talk about. I'm finding people are like norm everyday people that haven't sort of woken up yet. Yeah. Are even finding concepts like multidimensionality and and other dimensions and other realms they're finding it easier to grasp like when you talk oh, it's to the everyday amazing. person. Yeah. Chakras. Sort of like,
1: oh, yeah. chakras are yeah. like a normal word now. Yeah <laughs> it's wonderful. When I first came across the concept of chakras the general western world view um was they were imaginary and not yeah. real.
0: Most things in the uh, yeah. in the uh, quantum field yeah, I think they think are imaginary. Some people. Well, are really that's stuck in the...
1: really shifting because yeah. the quantum physics awakening is bringing so many left-brained yeah. people, and so many more men. Yeah, because it's science awakening. Yeah, yeah because wonderful. it's science. Yeah, um, it's not my path at all. I really don't need things to be proved to me because. You have your own internal experience, and that's what's really real. But, for instance, Drunvalo, with his Flower of Life books, um, he's a very good storyteller, so that got a lot of people into those books. And he didn't really invent sacred geometry, as some people believe. No. You know, <laughs> it's been around there for a long time. But he put it in a format, in a context, where you could go through things with your left brain and then accept them on a right brain, more, um, perception aspect. And there are a lot more teachers like that around that are really helping. And not all men are primarily left brain, but Mm. as an overall thing in our society, Men often go through a left brain process mm. in order to come into awakening. Um, more the average is higher for men than it is for women. For women. Yeah,
0: I'd like to, to go back to early on in your journey. Can you talk yeah. to us a little bit about how your channeling ability, how you started to channel, uh, and a little bit about your guides and sort of how you came to know your guides? Because I, I mean i'm sure we have similar stories here and i love hearing about channeling because i'm sort of starting my journey with stepping out in my in my own channeling work i've been a little bit frightened to do it yes (laughs) yes. and uh, i'm being i'm being pushed to do it more and more now
1: so it's lovely to to come and meet with you that's another thing Mm -hmm. that is so much more accepted um channeling is so much more accepted Other countries that might be backward in other ways have been much more forward with channeling, like the States, the States and Canada, when I really stepped out there on YouTube with my channeling, my audience was 75% from the States and Canada. Um, And those were the first places that I was asked to teach. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is interesting. Uh, Different countries are in different places as far as channeling goes, but for me, Um, my first real spiritual awakening was when I was 28, I was about to leave South Africa to go to, um, join my beloved, a Scottish guy who I subsequently married and had my children and I was with him for 20 years, but I'd met him in Johannesburg in South Africa where I'm from and he had left rather suddenly because his dad was dying and we had six months apart during which time he hardly communicated at all so i was having a complete crisis because i was ready to leave to go and join him but i didn't know if i was doing the right thing and i was so distressed about it that a friend got me um, a session with a medium but she didn't tell me what it was i would never heard of a medium she She probably thought I might be scared off if I knew what it was. So I just knew I was going for a session. I thought maybe it was counseling or something. And this woman took my ring because she worked with that transference kind of energy. And she closed her eyes and started talking. And this world was just like, whoa. (laughs) It was like literally entering another world. I'd never heard of chakras or the aura. I'd never heard of past lives. I'd never heard of people being able to tell the future or see your past and your future. And this woman was just amazing. She, you know, you can feel when something is real. And I, in the whole session, it was like I entered another reality. And the things that she was telling me, I could see them. I could feel them because My psychic ability was already there but I had absolutely no idea what to do with it. So that was my big opening and um, she foresaw everything, my marriage, my children, yes you're absolutely meant to go so I went ahead, I moved to England and when I landed in London I started asking people where can I go for that kind of thing where you see somebody and they tell you all about your past and your future, took a while but eventually I got directed to the psychic. College. College. Yeah. And I started going there. I, I developed a spiritual addiction for going for readings and I started realizing what a channel is as opposed to a trans channel, as opposed to a medium, as opposed to psychic. They put them then in this rather old fashioned bracket Mm -hmm. of sensitives and only when I was having a reading did I get this higher Perspective, this bigger picture perspective, did I get the wisdom, the love, the encouragement that I'd been seeking all my life? Because there were no teachers, there were no elders, there were no uh, authority or elder kind of figures in my life that ever taught me anything that I felt was real or worthwhile. I found earth life utterly boring. Mm -hmm. And um, my only interest was in relationships because it seemed to be the only place where I could feed myself. So I was a kind of relationship addict. And um, through this process, I started coming across channeled books and I was like, Om Namah Shiva, entire books that are written by these guys that you get what, what when you go the, for reading. What were the first books that you came across? Uh, the Pleiadian... Uh, Barbara the, no, no, The Pleiadian Agenda by Barbara oh, Handclough, Handclough. Yeah, she's. Half great. of which completely freaked me out. So I really <laughs> was I not, not ready to hear about Lizard Agendas no. and things. Um, Barbara Handclough and her Pleiadian books and thus, The Pleiadians were one of the first groups that I came into contact with and I wasn't into star people, UFOs, extraterrestrials, spaceships. Not at all. In fact, I was really not into them. but these Pleiadians, I felt their energy, I heard them, it was amazing. And another channel that uh, really opened me up was Sanaya Roman, an oh, American yeah. woman, yeah. and particularly this one book called Spiritual Growth, Being mm. Your Higher Self. And in that book there's a series of meditations and I ordered in those days little cassette tapes that had the recorded meditations. It was a very big part of my path. And because I loved that book so much, I ordered all her books in my typical style. I'll just go like, this is it. This is my teacher. But I actually, go, actually <laughs> none of the other books resonated with me. The, the spiritual growth book was the third one in a trilogy and the other two books did nothing for me. But a, a fourth book that she co-wrote with Duane Packard, I don't know how to say his name, mm-hmm. um, was called Opening to Channel.
0: Because he channels Deben, doesn't he? Is it is Oren she, and Deben? Oren, that's it. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. And they wrote that one together. And I read that book, and it didn't help me channel, but it totally persuaded me that anybody could channel. Mm. And from the minute I was persuaded of that, it's like I'm going to channel. That's it. I'm going to channel. I was absolutely determined. So. As a channel, I'm rather unusual in that guides just didn't come to me. Mm. I didn't start hearing things. I didn't start having experiences whereby I became a channel. So I decided, decided to become the other a channel way around, the other way at a time when it wasn't at all common. <laughs> it's now the opposite. They the, came to me and went, you're going to channel. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. No, they didn't That's come amazing. to me at all. And, um, I read the book, I tried the exercises, the exercises did nothing for me. Mm. And um, then my husband persuaded me to go on a holiday um, in uh, the States and we hired this RV and we ended up in Mount Shasta. <laughs> I, I only agreed to go to the States if we could go to Mount because I had read that it was the throat chakra of the world. Now they say it's a different chakra. Anyway, it's one of the chakras. I can never remember which chakra is which.
0: No. <laughs> they probably all hold the resonance
1: of all of them at some point. Well, my guides say that, this, that the Western spiritual people have this tendency to want to make anything into a chakra system, and it's a bit too simplified, and that there are way more than 7 or 12 or 13 mm-hmm. chakra points yes, yes. in the world, but they are portals, yes. so it is an interdimensional portal. I went there specifically because I thought I might be able to start channeling there. And I took my book to reread it, the opening to channel and some cassette tapes from another woman. And um, when we were there, my husband picked up the book and said, Oh, so she's also written this book. And I said, Darling, I've been trying to get you to read this book for six months. And he's like, no, no memory of that, but can I read it now? And I was like, well, actually... I brought it to reread it, so he said, yeah, just let me read it tonight. He started reading it, he read all the way through the night, despite the fact we had a four-year-old and six-year-old, you know, oh. that got us up very early, he read literally all the way through the night and he finished at 11 o'clock the next morning and then told me to take the kids away because he wanted to practice with these tapes. And he so started he took channeling your material. <laughs> overnight. Never having been interested in channeling or guides, never having been for a reading, never but having you opened been the way for him. But that was the universe's way of getting me to really take the step because I had an ego reaction to that. I mm. thought like, fuck that. Yeah. I've been, I'm the one doing this I've now. been doing all this work and I'm the one that wants to do it. And here he has started doing it overnight and he opened a channel that was... Irrefutable. Yeah, there was no denying that the channel that he opened and in fact he only channeled for about a year and he lost interest He literally started to channel to get me to do it Mm. because Then instead of going for readings. I asked his guides questions They told me I could channel Mm. I persuaded a friend to do a one-day opening to channel course Um, two friends who were already channeled I did that I got a tape recorder. I started in the morning and I immediately started channeling. As soon as I had the tape recorder, mm-hmm. actually, I started channeling. It was like I couldn't channel without the we tape like recorder. The yeah, because they was, wanted you to It to was It was a quiz. bizarre thing. It was like press. And then my first guide was a Native American Indian, is the way he showed himself, wanna say, this beautiful, poetic, gorgeous indigenous being. And yes. I didn't notice that I got this group that started calling themselves, we, I would just record it and I would just mm-hmm. write it down. I wonder why one says calling himself we, but actually the star beings were there from the beginning and they taught me how to channel and mm-hmm. how to teach other people to channel. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they're probably just waiting for you to get comfortable with the concept yes. you're working with a collective consciousness, not from this earth. Right.
1: Yeah, I had very, um, restricting ideas, but I did want to channel not star beings, but Pleiadians in particular, Mm. but it took me from 1998 to 2007 to make my connection with the Pleiadians. My vibration just wasn't high enough. Mm. And, um. I would get glimpses from them, I would ask, can I channel the Pleiadians, my guides would say no, and eventually they said to me, it's just a vibrational thing, try giving up meat and alcohol for 90 days, which at that time was quite a hard thing Mm. for me to do. South African born people are meat eaters, (laughs) (laughs) as are Australians, (laughs) And, um, and drinking, was my social thing from the time I was 14 until this point where I was about 44 and they said that and I had to give up drinking entirely, and it was very difficult for me to do. I wasn't an alcoholic. I was mm-hmm. a social drinker. Drink, giving up drinking was a very difficult thing for me to do but I wanted to channel the Italian and I did it and that's where it kick started. Slowly they that they started singing through me in rhymes. It was a very strange thing. And when I went to South Africa in 2007, um, I had what they call a Pleiadian activation. It was like being struck by lightning in the most beautiful, beautiful way this turquoise green light. Um, I was at this ancient tree called the King Edward Seventh tree a very, very huge ancient yellowwood in the Nisner forests. And my guides told me to stand up with my back to the tree and to channel the energy through my crown chakra and down through my root. And it was like electricity. It was like the tree became a portal. This electricity moved through the tree and then connected in with me. And I was in this funnel of turquoise green light with my body, making these crazy movements. And when I sat down, I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) and then I got the message, now you can channel. So I put on my tape recorder, the Pleiadians came straight through and they changed my life irrevocably. From that point, they gave me absolutely specific directions Mm. about what courses I was gonna do. It was the first thing they said was, in the next year, you're going to teach two channeling the Palladians, and two, awakening the light body courses. And, um, and then they gave me this little poem, which turned out to be the advertising. It was this, come those who are the, 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 the. come those who are no, no, It was a four line mm-hmm. thing. Since then they've always given me the exact words for anything that I, that I advertise. And when I got back to London, I sat on my bed and just thought, how am I going to teach those courses? I can't talk about channeling or Pleiadians to any of the people <laughs> I know or any of my clients. And I was very much meditation at that time to kind of uh, housewives and people with depression that were sent from the doctor's office. I was not doing anything way out there and I certainly wasn't channeling in my everyday work. And they, they literally showed me how to advertise and where to advertise. In that instance, they, I was channeling, my eyes were closed and they, I used to get the Cygnus, which is, um,
0: the Cygnus review, the Cygnus review,
1: which is a place where you, you can order spiritual books cheaper, or you can order them in bulk. So I would order things like one of my first books was the Louise Hay, um, your life in the 80s i would order like 20 uh, in order to give it to my clients and so i saw the cygnus review and there was this lady and she was opening the cygnus review and this this flight fell out and it was an a5 size folded thing uh, that was turquoise had a picture of me on it wearing purple sitting in my garden and and I, i was like Oh, I'm going to do real advertising, I'm actually going to have to get a thousand things printed that look like this, that say what I'm doing. When I came to do the thing um, they gave me the words Mm. and at that stage it was a lot of money Mm. to get thousands printed and then pay for them to be sent out in the Cygnus but it changed my life completely. Mm. The minute I did that I heard from people at that stage all over England who were like we have a Pleiadian ambassador in the country. It's so amazing because Barbara Marsignac only comes here once a year. My courses got booked. I immediately got invited to to do things. And at the end of 2009, my guide said, um, the time has come for you to put a message out on YouTube. I've never heard of YouTube. So I said to my kids, what's YouTube? They're like, really? And they said, it's a place where you can put up free videos. So I got my daughter to film me channeling and I just thought, you know, that's just two way out there because I jerk my head moves mm-hmm. when I channel. Uh, I, I was, I, I felt too vulnerable to put it out. And she explained that you can uh, record something and then put a visual put story live. Yeah. So, That's what I did and I instantly found like, wow, you can make little movies, it's amazing. The minute I put things out on YouTube, I got this audience initially mostly from um, the States and Canada and I started teaching overseas and that was my warrior of the light phase where I was really out there, Mm -hmm. absolutely out there, fearlessly. And um, it's in my personality, I am a kind of fearless person i never um i never never worried about the manipulators stopping me or getting me about being hassled or harassed and because i never worried about it it never Never happened happened. it's people that are into the conspiracy stuff and that are very fearful that attract the negativity because it's almost like fear makes a portal to attract yeah. that which you don't want and
0: when you're in that that vibration of love it's it's what i'm finding as well now is like I, if i set an intention to only work with people that i can actually help yes. and for people for, my, for the message that, <coughs> that the channeling or the healing that i have to give to only go to those who ne- really need it and want it and, and will appreciate it that it can really help yes same they don't come near me. Well what you're speaking
1: about is being of service. Yeah. When you choose on a heart level to be of service everything you need comes to you. Every person, every book, every venue, Mm. everything comes to you. Mm. It's it's something that a lot of spiritually awakened people know but they don't really use it it properly. (laughs) this, when you're really seeking to be of service, it evaporates your ego intentions, the parts of you that want to be famous, Mm. the parts of you that, um, need recognition from a wounded child's side. Mm. Um, when your full, complete crystal clear aim is to be of as much service as possible Everything you need comes towards you, and everything flows. It's
0: so true. Th- these videos, um, and just to tell out to talk to our viewers. I so I used to edit a magazine called Prediction Magazine. I ah, yes. And I always had this dream of turning it into a, a TV show and and making a giving a platform for other healers and light workers, and yeah. especially the ones that are connected to the galactic races and you know cuz you know star seeds are waking up now and we yeah. kind of need we need to know that there's other people out there yeah and uh prediction collapsed and i gave up on that dream altogether and i sort of thought okay well that the tv things just not going to happen and but i think what it did was it actually cleared that out that little ego part that I just surrendered the whole thing, and I just thought, well, I'm just happy doing what I'm doing and and being of service and doing the healings and helping people. And when Prediction collapsed as well, I got terribly cyberbullied. Right. And that was, I think, me. It was a real gift, actually. It was – I think it was me – realizing that actually no one could have ever been as mean to me as I was to myself first yes. and foremost yes. but it sort of helped it made me face that fear of being attacked or having yes. you know the haters come after me yeah and now it's like well it actually doesn't matter yes. what I put out there is none of their business yeah but it's none of my business sorry what I put out there is for whoever it can help yeah and the, and however many followers or whatever ha- happens it, it's not not really yeah not really what it's about
1: and the message that I get as I'm speaking with you is that um, your path is gonna be magic (laughs) with your new channel it's gonna be magic you won't even have to look for the people that are meant to be on your channel they will come to you in a really synchronous way Mm -hmm. and because they believe in what you're doing they will assist you yeah Um, on YouTube I got some haters would make these comments in the beginning and I just thought no I'm too sensitive I can't cope so I just disabled comments then I got the haters going like this woman is fake she won't this is an open forum no no, no. and I thought oh okay I'm gonna have to enable the comments <laughs> and what I noticed initially was that if somebody put a negative comment every Body that liked my work would like jump on them, and
0: so they would. And, and that initially
1: that felt good, but what it did was it kept this energy going. Mm-hmm. And now I notice that when somebody puts something negative up, nobody responds. Mm-hmm because Awakened people realise that where you put energy, energy flows. And so they ignore it and then it's just like this little comment lost in the sea of positive comments. You don't even have to worry about it. No, and it is important to have these open forums and where you get negative comments, most of the time you laugh at them because they are laughable or you learn from them because you see what somebody's picking up about something. Yeah. and or you some, see where it triggers you as or well it see you where and, tr- exactly, and where you exactly so, um, The meditations that I've put out there are not really meditations, they're not normal meditations at all. They're spiritual tools. They're always teaching uh, spiritual techniques like grounding or balancing your chakras, or they're healing or opening, opening the heart teaching you to work with the awakened heart, where you connection with the whole tribe of Gaia. So most people come to me through those guided meditations. And then there are some slightly more out there things, um, on YouTube as well, like Chambers of Light. So these are specific activating star seeded healing sessions that are, that you can do, you can follow them. Um, And once again, on YouTube, if you just look for Solara Anra you'll find me I, I have a couple of pages like a guided meditation page and a Casa Solara page which is about the center but I'm, uh, I'm not good with promotion actually I don't do much on my pages I don't really keep up the way you're supposed to keep up um, but it's more that for people and especially the young people that are mostly on Facebook I will advertise something that I'm doing, like an opening to channel thing. You might find me there rather than on on my uh, website.
0: Perfect. So just, just keep Googling Solara to find out what she's doing. Yes. Thank you so much, my darling, for speaking to us today. It's has been fascinating pleasure. and wonderful and yes. I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs>